This is Steve, the cookout coach, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Start the game! Let's go! We'll do it live. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Oh. Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. And welcome to the really big barbecue central show. This is the show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling. The show originates from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio, a.k.a. Bomb City, USA. And more importantly, the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I am your program host. Greg Rempe, happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evening's live fire fun and revival show. If you want to jump in on the show tonight, here's how you do it. You can get in touch with the show by sending an email to greg at bbqcentralshow.com or on the Twitter and Instagrams at bbqcentralshow. Anything else you want to find out about the show or anything that is corresponding to it can be found at the main website, which ironically is thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening in case you get the newsletter coming up in about 12 minutes from now. The longest running sponsor of the show, a championship pitmaster, points away from winning the Jack Daniels World Championship a number of years ago. He's brought a number of great products to market here over the past number of years. And friend of mine, we welcome back finally Bob Trudnack to the show from the Barbecue Guru. Looking forward to catching up with Bob. It's going to be a great conversation. Then at 35 past the hour, it is the fourth Tuesday of a month, and in the first hour, that can only mean a visit from none other than grizzled veteran of the barbecue journalist world, Derek Riches. Notwithstanding that, in the second hour, because it is the fourth Tuesday, and in the second hour, you know what that means? At least two and potentially a full panel of three embedded correspondents will be joining the show. And we have plenty to talk about with all of these folks. So don't think for one second that this is going to be some kind of cockamamie mail-it-in show. No, no, nothing like that as I try and buy time to send Derek his link because I don't know if I sent it to him or not. That's the wrong link. I don't want to send that link. I want to send this link to Derek. There we go. And then we can have a visit with Derek a little bit later on here in the first hour. So that's how it lines up. Bob Trudnack shortly. Derek Rich is after him. Embedded correspondence taking the balance of the second hour. We're looking forward to that. Don't forget you can follow me socially. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at BBQ Central Show. Snapchat, at BBQ Central. For a live video feed of the show, you can go to the following websites. Facebook and Twitch, slash BBQ Central Show. You can also find one over at YouTube slash R.D. Rempe. You can also get an ad-free podcast feed of the show. If you're not a live taker-inner, you can go to two different places to try that out. You can become a patron over at the show Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash Show. Or if you subscribe through Apple Podcasts, you can do it directly within that app if you feel the need. If not, don't worry about it. Just do it as normal. By the way, if you... Pay attention in the Apple Podcast feed, even if you didn't subscribe to the ad-free on accident in the second hour for a while on Thursday, you got a free look of what it's like to have an ad-free show. My mistake. So if you ever wondered if you were one of those 
lucky few. As I was listening to the show back on Apple Podcast, I was like, "Uh uh-oh. So at some point later, last Thursday, I was able to fix it and update the feed. You won't get that experience now, but if you get it in the morning, first thing Thursday, you got a sneak peek, an unrealized sneak peek. So there you go. Before we get to listener feedback from past shows, let me thank the folks over at a podcast called Real Food, Real People. I was a guest of theirs last night, and while I am a great guest, it's not something that typically happens where I'm a guest on somebody else's show, which is a shame, but I was very happy to have been asked to go on their show. We talked a bit about the history of Barbecue Central. We talked about different styles of cookers and wood types and much more. I'm not sure exactly when the show will be released because I have post-production to do and all this sort because it is a traditional podcast, but I'll post a link on social when it does. I'm also reaching out to them to see once the show is finished, if they might send me a copy and I would post it in my show feed as well as a bonus episode of sorts. So stay tuned for that. Also, I want to mention this. I don't know if she's watching. Praying to the Lord and baby Jesus that she is. But we delivered kid number two to college at Kent State University this past weekend. Oh, my Lord. For, there was a moment in time when I was like, will they ever get out of the house? And now they are fleeing oh. out of the house. Blink once and they're gone. So she's only a couple days in. If you have any kids or cousins or you know anybody that goes to Kent and you're looking for a really cool kid to hang out with, drop me a line and I'll put you in contact with a beauty, a smarty pants, quick as a wit. So we wish her good luck this year at Kent State University, the hallowed halls of Kent State in beautiful Portage County, Ohio. Some listener feedback from the shows here over the last few weeks. Pete in St. Louis writes in, Greg, thank you and thanks to Rusty for the last segment last week about getting a barbecue vending business together after hearing what he has to endure. I have decided that's just something I'm going to continue to do privately for some family friends and some of my own friends, coworkers, that seems to be the best way to go at this time for me. Rusty's info was eye-opening to say the least. I look forward to hearing his progress over the rest of the year. Thank you, Greg, and thank you, Rusty. Regards, Pete. Pete, thank you very much for writing in. I'm sure Rusty thanks you as well. He'll probably thank you in the second hour because he'll be part of the embedded correspondence segment, of course. I agree. I thought Rusty's information was brutally honest. His candor was refreshing. And as we come to find out, getting into the barbecue catering business, whether it's a food truck, whether it's a trailer, whether you're doing traditional catering where you deliver a whole bunch of stuff to somebody else's location, there's a lot to consider there. There's a lot of things you need to get done. There's a lot of things you do to get legal and they change from county to county and state to state. So even though Rusty was sharing what was going on that was unique to him, and I believe he did a good job of pointing that out, if you're doing it somewhere else in this great land of ours, you got to make sure that you're touching base with your proper health code professionals. Fire department, as we learned last week, that can be a big deal. So plenty of things you want to look at. But if that's your passion, just helping you lessen the learning curve, if you will. So again, Rusty did a great segment. Go back and listen to last week's second hour. And that would be the 35 past the hour segment if you missed it. Pat in New York writing, the family-friendly tone that Susie sets for Hey Grill Hey is the same we try to set for our show, Real Food, Real People, Good Old Fashioned Values, and a Safe Place to Play. Great show. Regards, Pat and Doug. There they are, showing up in the show feedback. I was just guesting on their show, as I had mentioned a few seconds ago. Dennis in Colorado Greg, wow, oh my God, wow. Peace and love, peace and peace love, love peace and to love. Meathead. But Jackie Taylor's interview a few weeks ago blew him out of the water. Great interview, Greg. I love hearing her. I would love hearing her again, and we'll check out the podcast for sure. But now that we know she loves barbecue, I'd love to hear more about those times and what they cooked and ate. Regards, Dennis. Dennis, always appreciate your feedback here on the show. No doubt about it. Connie in Florida from a few weeks back. 
Greg, listening to the show, and I can't believe that you did not. We'll do it live. No. Andrew, you are not the <laughs> That you did not win American Idol Barbecue Central Show's second season. It's heartbreaking. And now I am truly wondering if the voting is on par or if something else is going on. Uh, look, Connie, you said it before, and I will say it again. There are no shenanigans going on here. We don't run that kind of a show. I counted every single last vote. And what can I tell you? Didn't happen for me this year but next year i'm already putting songs in the can that i can sing well i'm gonna have a run perhaps the likes we've never seen believe it or not bob trudnak will be joining me here shortly while he loads in let me talk to you quickly about big papa smokers the one-stop online shop for all things barbecue A curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies will get you on the path to better barbecue results in no time. Everything at BigPapaSmokers.com has been pitmaster approved by Sterling Big Papa Ball himself. From the award-winning rubs and sauces to American-made grills and smokers, Big Papa's has everything you need to be a better outdoor cook. Whether you're a backyard fanatic or a competition pro, Big Papa Smokers has something for you, like... Championship rubs and seasonings, popular flavors like Sweet Money, Cattle Prod, Cash Cow, all proven winners on the competition circuit. Big Papa's offers 13 perfectly balanced flavors that will transform ordinary meals into extraordinary. They also own Granny's Barbecue Sauce, so if you're looking for a new go-to sauce that's a little bit different than from what's out there currently or you're tired of the existing selection, give Granny's Barbecue Sauce a try. And aside from the sauces and rubs, they're selling cookers. We know that. That's right. You're looking for a versatile smoker that's easy to use? Check out that Mac 2-Star General Pellet Cooker. Not a fan of pellet smokers? Dandy! Check out that Old Hickory Ace BP, the only charcoal smoker that Big Papa trusts on his competition trailer. If you're a backyard barbecue enthusiast looking for a durable and versatile grill, then call them and pick their brains and see which ones they would recommend. It's a toll-free call, 877-828-0727. That's 877-828-0727. 0727 or shop their website at bigpapasmokers.com that's b-i-g-p-o-p-p-a smokers.com all right we'll search for bob trudnack from the barbecue guru and we'll be back right after this stick around you're listening to the number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere the barbecue central show Casting live from the Barbecue Central Show studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by the Barbecue Guru, however, both creators of automatic pit temperature control technology, sellers of ceramic cookers with built in power draft fans, accessories. To make your barbecue and grilling life easier, visit bbqguru.com for more information. Or, of course, call 800-288-GURU. The Barbecue Guru continuing to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. On the heels of that, my first guest tonight, a highly accomplished pitmaster, businessman, photographer, also happens to be the longest-running sponsor of this show. If you have a ceramic cooker or a bullet cooker or really any kind of cooker you most likely have one of these units let's go ahead and race to the hotline and welcome back friend of the show from the barbecue guru bob trudnack hey bob hey what's going on greg i'm very excited to have you back bob lots to catch up with so let's start with some barbecue guru business stuff first as we all know last year and coming into this year 
was a learning experience for many of us, both personally and professionally. From a business standpoint, and I guess a cooking standpoint, how did the barbecue guru fare through those initial times last year? And how do you overcome those challenges that we really never faced before? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was tough for 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 everybody, um, and it was a struggle for us. You know, there were things that we had to do, changes we had to make um, to get through 2020. Uh, it was very difficult, but you know, we have a good management team. We have a great group of people working for us, and you know, it's amazing how we all pulled together um, and made this happen. Made the adjustments that needed to happen. Got product out the door when we could get product out the door. Um, and you know, it was just, you know, a lot of, uh, brainstorming, a lot of, you know, how do we make, how do we make the changes we need to make to be, to stay successful? Uh, but we did it, you know, so we got through it and things are, are, are looking good and we're, we're heading up. As I talk to some of the other captains of industry here in the live fire industry and whether that's yeah. folks in your particular part of the industry, like the tech and uh, and that kind of stuff, or even the food sure. folks, to a person, they've said, what we've realized is this, even as we come out into whatever normal is going to look like, we're going to have to operate with some type of either pandemic uh, contingency plan to fall back sure. on, or we're just going to operate in some form or fashion in a pandemic environment so I'm wondering how that looks for you guys as things start to normalize. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, we have, you know, given our employees the option to, you know, come in to work in the offices or work from home. Uh, we've adjusted workplaces. We have, you know, listened to our employees and, you know, gotten feedback from them on how to make adjustments to help them through it. Um and, you know, there's just been a lot of challenges with components and parts and timelines and things like that. So, um, you know, we're just getting through it the best we can. We're listening to our people. We're listening to our customers and, um, you know, just making the adjustments that, that we need to make to get through. But overall, it's been it's been a very good transition and, uh, you know, things are good. OK, they're so pretty good. What is inventory like for you guys at this point? I mean, I'm sure you're familiar during the day. I'm selling Peterbilt trucks, and it is just an absolute nightmare to get trucks yeah. off the line. It's not sure. a problem finding work, believe it or not. If, if we could build trucks completely, we could possibly build 300 Class 8 trucks a day, if you can believe it or not, with uh, all shifts running yeah. seven days a week. But yeah. we can't get anything yeah, to finish the trucks. So I'm wondering how that affects sure. you as well. Um, well, it's, there's, there's no, uh, secret that components right now <laughs> it's bad. are an issue, right? Uh, so things that you would normally get in six to eight weeks, you're getting in 32 weeks, 34 weeks. Um, so we're just trying to get through that components that were 25 cents are now $7 and 25 cents. Uh, it, it's a struggle. Um, but we, you know, did our best to think ahead, um, and we're, we're doing what we can to get product out. There's been some delays. Um, you know, we apologize for that. But, you know, overall, I think we're, we're, we're coming through this um, in, in pretty good condition, you know, considering the component issues. We have people that want to work. We have a great team of people that are jumping in to do what they need to do, to, you know, outside of their job description whenever needed. So it's been a huge help for us. Bob Trodnack joining me here on the show. BBQGuru.com is the website, of course. Uh, anything new from a guru standpoint we should be keeping our eye peeled for in Q4? Um, not really. I mean, we're, you know, we're, we're just trying to keep the product that we have on the shelf, get it out to customers, uh, and then we'll focus 2022 on some new and exciting things. Bob, one of my favorite non-barbecue foods which has never actually been more popular when it comes to grills right now, is pizza. I love any and all kinds of pizza. You can put pineapple on my pizza. The only thing I don't really want on my pizza is onions. I've never been an onion guy. Not raw onions, not really caramelized onions. I just really okay. hate onions altogether. Outside of that, um, I, I'm a big pizza lover. I follow you on social, yeah. and I see uh -huh. that you might be quite a pizza fan as well, correct? 
A uh, huge pizza fan. Uh, it's what, one of my favorite things to cook beside barbecue is pizza. Um, and I love eating it as well. So I grew up in an Italian family. You know, my grandmother was always making homemade pastas, homemade meatballs, her own, you know, spaghetti sauce, homemade pizza. Uh, that was, you know, we never went out for pizza when I was little. Uh, but I also came from an area that had um, a very interesting uh, pizza history, Old Forge, Pennsylvania, which is outside of Scranton. Uh, you know, they claim to be the pizza capital of the world, <laughs> which is, really? you know, if you, <laughs> they do. They do. <laughs> um, you know, if you watch Barstool Sports and that whole thing, you know, he does a lot of reviews in that area. But we grew up on great pizza regardless, homemade and locally. Uh, and it's always been a big part in, you know, for me and my family and for me and my kids and my wife to make homemade pizzas. We do Friday night pizzas, uh, you know, and it's sometimes we make the dough. Sometimes we buy it. Sometimes we use uh, uh, like non bread. You know, we'll do a variety of things. But I always like to make my own sauce. Um, I always like to season it, you know, the way I like to season it, find interesting toppings, things like that. And, you know, my mother and my grandmother kind of instilled, you know, the homemade part of things. Mm. And it was just so exciting, uh, you know, when I came to, you know, I guess it was, it's been about a year and a half since I've really wanted to come out with a pizza seasoning. And I didn't know anybody else was doing it. I did a little research. There was a couple of things on the store, in the store shelves. But, you know, you go into a pizza place and you see the oregano and you see the, pepper and the, and the salt and the garlic and the onion powder and the red pepper flake. And you're like, okay, I, you know, I'll be 10 minutes. My pizza is going to be cold by, I put every, by the time I put everything on it. Um, so I'm like, how can I incorporate this into one seasoning and then add some of my own flavors, my own herbs, um, you know, some unique things uh, to give it all in, in one shaker, shake it on, whether you're making the pizza and shaking it on as you're making it, or you're about to take a slice off and you're putting it on as a finishing seasoning, you know, either way. Um, so I developed a couple recipes. I came up with something I loved um, and I'm, I'm super excited. We're, you know, we have the, we're very close. We're, we're weeks, we're weeks away. Um, and also decided to do the sauce at the same time. Are you using, because you have a number of other barbecue products out there, are you utilizing yeah. contacts that you already have, or do you have to go outside of that comfort zone to find somebody that's more like pizza and pizza sauce oriented? Uh, as far as like co-packer? Yeah. Oh, no, I'm, I'm using the same guy. I'm using uh, Sweet Smoke Q. They're out of Lakeland, Florida. They're amazing. Uh, I highly recommend them. Uh, Jim, Jim Elser. Elser? Jim Elser. you got to be kidding me. Run away, Bob. No, he's fantastic. Now, I wouldn't want the guy next to me at a barbecue contest because that pink drink will get right. you. But... Pink drink will get you. That's right. No doubt. No, but he's, he's been fantastic. Um, you know, he's a great uh, business to work with. Small batch. Um, he's just been great. Does he do your sauces too? He does. He does all my sauces. I didn't season. know he was a, a sauce and a rub guy. Does he do your he rubs? He's a, he does. You're kidding. No. I'm, I'm not. And he doesn't farm I, I had, it out? No, I had a, I'm telling you, I had a, I had a co-packer. I had a co-packer in New York State. That's how I started with my first sauce, the original sauce, the OG and my Alpha Rub. And I was I moved away from them because I didn't care for the quality anymore mm -hmm. and some of the business decisions. And you know, Jim and I were in the Netherlands together with a whole bunch of other people a few years ago and he was starting this up, and he said, "Let's give it a shot. You'd be my first, uh, my first one." And oh. I was. And let me tell you, he nailed everything. Hmm. He nailed it. Yeah. I'm uh, completely baffled. You've you've completely <laughs> left me speechless. I didn't know he was. I mean, I know he was into doing drums. He's obviously you know one of the the premier competition cooks. Uh, if you don't know who Jim Elser is, just look Sweet Smoke yeah. Q. See all his accomplishments. He's been on TV a whole bunch, all that stuff. But I didn't know that he had uh, branched off into that arm of the uh, of the business so we'll have to have him on to, to talk about that as well and, and oh absolutely absolutely um yeah it, absolutely so what is it like putting a, a recipe together we've done this a handful of times here on the show and just kind of getting sure. into the ins and outs of this but for folks that are looking to do sauces or pizza sauces yeah. or seasonings of some kind you have a recipe sure. that you've figured out from home but to get it to the commercial level is a, a different game so you find the co-packer What's the relationship like 
at that point? You send them something and then what happens? Yeah. So you develop your recipes and I probably have 30, 40 recipes waiting. You know, if my wife doesn't kill me first, I'll get them out. But um, so you have your recipe, you uh, sign a non-disclosure, right? With your co-packer that you choose and you send your recipe. What do you want to do is you want to send the, you can send weights or measurements or both. It's better to have both weights and measurements of each individual seasoning and the brand. And if you're using granulated garlic as opposed to garlic powder, if you're using coarse black pepper as opposed to fine, you want to detail that out. Then you get it to your co-packer. The co-packer will take that. He'll get your ingredients together and then they'll make you a sample or they'll make you two or they'll make you three samples and they'll vary it just slightly. And then they send you samples back. So now it's your job to decide, okay, is this sample what my original sample was? And you do your taste test, you do it yourself, you, you know, involve your friends, your family, whoever, and then you make a decision. Yes. You know, if you have three samples, then sample two is the one we're going with. Uh, sometimes it takes one or two tweaks. Sometimes it takes five tweaks. You know, it's just a matter of, you know, getting it right. I, I've been fortunate enough to, you know, one or two tweaks and we're good. Um, so once that's accomplished or while that's being accomplished, you want to have your label done. So you need a label company, label designer, um, and you want to have a vision. You know, you don't want to go in with, you know, no vision at all. You want to have some type of vision. You want to have a name. You want to have, you know, a brand, you know, uh, some kind of branding in your mind and then work with the designer and get that label made. Um, so that by the time that you are on the line and they're making your sauce or your seasoning, that that label is being done and it gets shipped to the bottling house so that the label could be put on when they're manufacturing the saucer seasoning. And then it's just a matter of placing your order and, and going. I would assume, as you had kind of mentioned, there are different requirements with different companies as far as let's call them minimums. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, some, some bottling houses are going to say you need a, you know, 500 case minimum. And some places are going to say, okay, well, if you have, you know, five flavors, we could do a 30 case minimum, or they're going to say, you know, for at 30 cases, this price at 300 cases, this price, you know, obviously the higher quantity, the cheaper it is. Um, so I've just found that, you know, you want to work with someone who understands small batch, small business to get started and then, you know, work your way up. And, but if your co-packer can handle small and big jobs and they're doing a good job, stay loyal to them and stick with it because to be able to take your recipes and move to a new co-packer mm. time after time after time, this, that could be very stressful and it's hard to get things the way they originally were. Bob Trudnack breaking down uh, co-packer life right here on the Barbecue Central Show, which we appreciate. So I know a lot of people will utilize their live fire cookers to make uh, pizzas we're talking about. Uh, and they're waiting to get their hands on the, your sauce and your uh, seasoning that's going to be come out. But technically, this isn't barbecue stuff, right? So is this going to be under having a barbecue brand or is this going to be something different? How does that look? Yeah, so that's, that's a really good question. And, you know, I thought about this long and hard, and it didn't make sense. You know, I asked a lot of people, when I create things, I ask people who aren't in my immediate circle, who understand what's going on, you know, what do they think? And in talking to some uh, very successful business owners, people in the food industry, people who aren't in my, you know, main circle, you know, what do you think of that? And we came up with the plan to have another brand. We didn't think it was going to make sense for someone to look on a shelf and say pizza sauce by barbecue Bob, mm -hmm. pizza seasoning by barbecue Bob down the road, mustard, pickles, whatever I'm going to come up with. So we decided we're going to come out with a second brand. It's going to be Bobby T's gourmet foods. Uh, the pizza sauce and the seasoning will be under that brand. And there's, you know, if I have it my way, there'll be many, many more uh, products to come out under that under that label. Sounds like at least thirty or forty from what you were saying. The <laughs> recipes in the hopper were so. I mean, let's, oh my gosh, 
let's peel back Bob. some layers here for a second, Bob. I mean, many of us in the industry know the barbecue guru. We know how that's helped yes. barbecue evolve and promote accessibility for the masses as it relates to fire management. And we know sure. yourself, a very accomplished pit master. Uh, you're now headlong into all these different barbecue products uh, as well as uh, doing a bunch of other business. And lest anyone right. forget... You all kind of start with that OG and the uh, the alpha right. rub back in the day, as you had mentioned, and it gets me thinking yes. that you know there is this whole other side of you that you've kind of mentioned a few times through this interview. I mean, you are somebody who has a real passion for just cooking in general, and I don't know right. if a lot of us on the periphery understand that you can strip the barbecue stuff away, and Bob is still going to be a cooking fool. So, have yeah. you? Always oh, yeah. been a foodie, like straight from Little Bobby T all the way up? Yeah, from, from Little Bobby T. When I couldn't even get on the kitchen chair myself, I had to get picked up by my grandmother. Um, they put they rolled me up to the counter, and they had me rolling meatballs and making pasta and, you know, tasting the sauces and things like that. You know, grew up in an Italian family on one side. Then on the other side was the kielbasa, the pierogies, the horseradish, all that kind of great stuff. Um so yeah, it's it's I've been you know you know a food guy from the time I was probably five six years old, you know just instilled. And my grandmother lived across the street from uh, the church we all went to, and I had probably five or six great aunts and uncles in a one block radius, and all the cousins wow. would come over to my grandmother's house after church. She stayed home to make this big meal. Um, so yeah, it's been you know ever since I was a little kid. And, you know, even before I barbecue guru existed before I met shotgun Fred, you know, uh, before I even had kids and my daughter's about, or just turned 21, mm -hmm. I used to, for every Christmas I would make baskets full of homemade mustards, pepper jams, um, homemade beer, homemade wine, uh, cordials, you name it. Um, I would just make this stuff. I would label it on, you know, print it out on my, you know, home computer, and give everybody a basket full of homemade food. Single guy doing this? Well, no, I've been married a long time. So yeah. my my yeah, but my you know, my wife enjoyed it. Yeah. She loved the, the you know, the food I was making, well most of it. And um, you know, she just let me run with it. And I said someday I'm going to have my own my own products, professional products, and we're going to have these in, on store shelves. <laughs> and that was before I knew barbecue gear was ever going to be a thing. Are you a guy that can go into the grocery store and uh, and these are the people that I envy the most because I can cook, but I need the yeah. list and I need to see somebody do it first and then away I go. And then no. once that base is down, if I want to start going yeah. left or going right, okay. But are you one of these guys that can go in and say, oh, I see this on the shelf and then you turn around and you go, oh, this would go good with this and all of a sudden you're concocting stuff just on the fly? Yeah, one wow. product can inspire you know, a three course meal. Um, and I, and I love cooking over the fire. I love, you know, um, different genres of food, different nationalities. Like I might be on an Italian kick. I might be on, you know, let's make some Mexican foods, some fire roasted salsas, you know, um, you know, we're just going to, we're going to pick a theme and it's just one thing that inspires me. And it might be at three o'clock in the morning and I have to write it down and put it on my nightstand. Wow. And the next, and the next day, I'm running to the store and grabbing things, and we're cooking. So yeah, I'm definitely inspired by an idea, an ingredient, um, you know, a style of cooking, and then I just run with it. Here's what I've found out this evening, Bob. Shortly, yes. we'll be having pizza, sauce, and seasoning, mm -hmm. which we're looking forward to, of course. Cheers to but, that. But in the offing, there could be a variety of mustards. There could be oh, a variety yeah. of my favorite condiment, pickles. Who yes. doesn't love pickles? Exactly. And and other things as well. I mean, this is we haven't seen the end with like the most recent barbecue sauces unveiled and Dyna-Q exactly. and Ultra-Q and stuff like this. I mean, there is food stuff to come like it's, for the foreseeable future. It's endless. Wow. It's endless. And it's it's always in my it's there's so much going on in my head. I have to kind of write it down and categorize it and just and stop myself from thinking about it. Wow. Well, it's I mean, you, you are the creators that, that keep me eating. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> so uh, keep on the lookout. Follow Bob socially, of course. Uh, don't forget to hit up the main website, bbqguru.com. 
Um, what are the other websites yes. that you have, Bob, that we should be looking at as well? All right. So my, my brand new website, bobtrugnackbbq.com. Uh, that's me as a brand ambassador. Um, it talks about my classes with Mo Kason. Um, and it, there's a link. What? Mo Kason? Yeah, Mo Kason. Oh, yeah. We've heard of him. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, that guy. Um, yeah, Mo and I have been doing the Bob and Mo Barbecue Show for this is our third year doing it. Uh, we teach classes around the country. That's the Bob and Mo BBQ Show.com. They have Bob Trudnack BBQ.com, which is my like, uh, the website where you can see all the things that I offer. Um, and, uh, having a barbecue.com is, you know, our barbecue catering business. So that's the, you know, that's the local one for, for local parties, luncheons, things like that. All right. So check out all those websites and make sure that you're following Bob for all the updates. And when the pizza sauce and seasoning drop, make sure that you're picking that up with the quickness because I'm yes. sure it will sell out undoubtedly. Uh, Bob, before I let you go, uh, I want to say that, you know, aside from my wife and my kids, I think we have like the second, third longest running relationship of my life is, is with you, believe it's, it or not. It's, I mean, it's unbelievable. 2006, Absolutely. I think we started as uh, you started sponsoring the Barbecue Central Show podcast two years before it even went to a live show. And then since 2008, here we are wow. having done uh, live shows all this way through. And you've been with me every step of the way and it is a relationship that i value amongst uh, or above all others and i certainly appreciate almost the the blind faith that you had in something called podcasting all the way back yeah. in 2006 when nobody else was doing it so i i truly appreciate it and value this uh, business relationship and friendship um, probably more than i can conveniently say to everybody that's listening thank you, thank you. i appreciate it I appreciate you. If you were here, I'd give you a big old hug, but you're not. So, well, we'll, we'll do that soon, maybe. Why not? Yeah, sounds good. All right, Bob. Why always not? appreciate the time. All right, thank you very much, Greg. You Have a great it. day. There he is, Bob Trudnack, right there. Pizza sauce and pizza seasoning. Yes, come on. Who's excited for that? I am. There's nothing more exciting than firing up the pellet cooker. Doing pizza night, or you know whatever you cook your pizzas on, it doesn't have to be pellet cookers. I'm going to talk to you about a pellet cooker right now, though. That's right, Pits and Spits. Also, they do offsets. We know them. They were originally offset cookers. They've got into pellet cookers as well recently. They set themselves apart by using only the finest materials: seven and ten gauge stainless on every cooker, roll top lids, three or four stainless roll top lids. By the way. Why does it matter? Well, by using quality materials, they give you smokers that can reach and maintain temperatures, allowing you to worry more about the meat than the heat. By providing a fully welded smoker, you don't have to worry about grease or smoke leaking out of the barrel or about the grill rattling apart as you move it through the backyard. And by using 304 stainless, you're getting an heirloom quality product that you can hand out to the kids if you want or just take it with you. Where some companies are focusing on low cost, Pits and Spits focuses on craftsmanship, and using quality materials, there are definitely cheaper ways to make these. But they don't like the cheap way around. Having in-house manufacturing gives them complete control over the design and standards. Not something you find with products that are brought in from overseas. Their steel suppliers give you materials to be used in some of the harshest environments around, so they're going to perform anywhere. And their controllers are made right here in the States. They have unimpeded transparency into the programming. Pits and Spits sold through a dealer network. If there isn't one near you, call Coy in the shop. Tell him I told you to call 844-650-6250. Whether you're a backyard grill master or a competition team, Pits and Spits is a product for you. You can check them out at pitsandspits.com, all spelled out, or you can see their Pits in the Wild across social media with our handle, at Pits and Spits, all spelled out again. Derek Rich is in the green room. He's ready to go. Stick around. We'll be right back. Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. And this portion being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets to fire all those pellet-driven cookers like Pits and Spits or Green Mountain or whoever you like. You can find them at CookinPellets.com or on Amazon as well. Chris Becker and the gang over there giving you great pellets. 
It is the fourth Tuesday of the month in the first hour, and you know what that means. We race to the hotline and welcome in Barbecue Central Show guest Hall of Famer, Derek Riches. Hey, Derek. Hey, Greg. How are you? Good. How you doing? You a cigar smoker? No, I'm not in really a long time, actually. Are you uh, one of those that would say, I will enjoy the occasional cigar, or not even that? Uh, the occasional, I guess. You like it or uh, just I, don't yeah. even think about it? Um, hmm. Yeah, I can't say that I've, I've thought about it in a while. Yeah. I mean, I, I used to be a bit more proactive about it, but I probably just got out of the habit. I get it. Um, so last month we were talking all about what was a race to get to public from Traeger, a race to get to public from Weber. Uh, Traeger might, may have just launched, or, or maybe they were days away from launching at that point, and then uh, Weber, who we thought were going to be, or I thought was going to be much later than Traeger, uh, ended up only launching a, a week later on the uh, beginning mm-hmm. of this month, on August 5th. Let's do a little recap. <clears throat> let's look at Traeger, and then conversely, let's look at Weber. How do you evaluate, as the day of IPO came for Traeger, how do you evaluate everything that they did to build around look what we're doing day oh uh i think they did a phenomenally good job i mean um their ipo was you know completely successful stock launched they sold the shares they wanted to sell they sold above the you know the asking price of course the asking price is always a bit of a lowered expectation thing you know we're gonna go for hey let's go for 14 and and hope it actually hit 16 or I think it was somewhere in that range. So, you know, I mean, that went very well. Stock has been um, performing well. What was it? I mean, they opened at 22 that, that day. Yeah. It topped at right. 32. And then it's currently at close today, $24.74. So not too bad considering. Yeah. After hours, it popped up to over 25. So, yeah. Um, I think it's done really well. I mean, it gives it a, uh, you know, Wall Street says the trigger is worth, uh, what is it, about $2.9 billion. So, uh, you know, I think they have to be very happy with it. Um, you know, and I had said, though, you know, that the trigger is kind of a sexier stock. Um, there's a lot of, you know, people making comparisons between Traeger and Yeti or, you know, some of these kind of stock darlings. Um so uh, I'm not surprised by the performance. Um, they've, but they've done their job really well. So you know they're looking strong. Is a lot of this due to the leader having done a, a masterful job with Skullcandy? I think you had said last month, had it not been for Beats by Dre, Skullcandy would have been number one in headphones. And then Jeremy gets over into Traeger and maybe uses his expertise to help position Traeger a little bit more expertly than maybe somebody else would have in order to get them to where they're at today? Well, you know, I mean, certainly what Jeremy's done with Traeger is, is pretty phenomenal. Sure. I mean, you know, um, I'm trying to remember the number. What did Joe Traeger sell it for? $14 million. Sorry. A lot of millions. Um, Yeah. It wasn't much, not compared to $2.9 billion. No doubt about it. Yes. So, you know, it's got to be rough waking up realizing that the company you founded is worth 2,000 times or, you know, 2,000% what you sold it for. But, I mean, isn't that and part of making a deal? Point. Like, if you're Joe Traeger and yeah. somebody comes to you and says, hey, we're going to give you 10 or 14 or 15 million or whatever that number is, at that point where you decide it's yeah. go time, you can never look yeah. into the future and say, man, if these guys really take it up and get to... 2.9 billion. I'm going to look like a fool for selling it at 14. You make your bed, you sleep in it, and you're happy with the deal, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, obviously, you you kind of have to. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and it's not like it hasn't, you know, it, it turned around overnight. That was a decade ago. Yes. So, or more than. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, I think that they've got to be really happy with the situation. And, you know, certainly. All the, uh, you know, financial writers are all talking it up and, you know, getting their facts horribly wrong about a lot of things. But, you know, for the most part, just kind of 
it's got a lot of positive spin on it. What I took from their launch day was incredible promotion, incredible social yeah. media exposure. They were all over television. They somehow got that huge banner above the, the pulpit or the bell ringing station or whatever the proper wow. financial turn is for that, um, which I don't recall seeing any other uh, company like that getting onto the market have uh, such a, a big spread behind them, not to mention the one that was outside uh, on Wall Street as well, uh, had, um, I guess, what I would call hand-picked people up standing next to Jeremy. I mean, it was kind of interesting to me who mm-hmm. was up there and who wasn't up there. I mean, all really calculated stuff, I think. But And then all the way f- till a couple days after the fact where they're in Salt Lake City at uh, HQ, yeah. they've invited all the influencers and you know whoever they thought was important to be up there and partying and I mean really did a great job from start to finish on exposing their whole success, I guess. And then Oh yeah. And then you had Definitely. Weber coming on August 5th and it was like <laughs> that was it. Barely a post, well, maybe two from Tuffy Stone. Um, not a lot of promotion, not a lot of anything. And they open at sixteen fifty. They topped at almost twenty, and they're back down to sixteen forty one. I don't know where they're at after the fact today, but it's it's pretty much remained yeah. where it opened at. So, what do you think about yeah. Weber? Well, you know, in actuality, Weber took over Wall Street. They put grills out there. They had cookouts the whole day. Um, nobody heard about it. I mean, it was covered by a couple of, you know, financial programs and all that sort of stuff. But that kind of shows the difference in the thinking. Um, Trigger was very proactive at getting the Trigger hood active and talking about the stock and making sure that they were sharing everything across all the social media so that there was that buzz going on. Weber, for all of its desire to kind of have that same sort of influencer network, has just never managed to kind of get it together. So, yeah, their you know their IPO did not go well. They were going to sell about fifty million shares. They cut it back to twenty million. They cut the price um, down. So they raised uh, a fraction of what they had hoped for. And it's uh, it. It's weird to think that this might be a a misstep. They're you know they're owned by one of the biggest private equity firms in the world, and they're they have a legacy that connects them into some of the you know I mean Warren Buffett and to you know this sort of Iconic. people. Yeah, yeah. I think you know it's also the most recognized brand on the planet. Um, I think that I think it's just a clear indication that this was rushed as fast as they could go. That when they found out that Traeger was going public, they had to be right there. They got the lawyers out there. They got them filing paperwork. They got everything going, and they wanted to try. And I think they what they'd hoped for was to beat Traeger to the punch. Mm-hmm. And they ended up playing second fiddle. And you know their IPO happens a week after Traeger's. And, you know, I mean, if, if you're, if you're doing a comparison on <clears throat> the first day performance and, you know, and how that IPO went, Weber looks just sad. Yeah. It's if you're not first, you're really, last. Yeah. And this is like seriously last. Yeah. This isn't saying it's last in a two legged race, you know, two man race. This is, this is just down there. And it's kind of weird for, you know, a company like Weber who has such global influence. So the more you're talking about this, I can't help but think that this comparison just ran through my mind. You have, as you said, what looks like Weber trying to race to get to... There's really no... If they want to do it, there's no race. Only, only to get to to be Traeger, I guess. But other than that, I mean, they're, they're, they're bigger. They, they have more name wrecking, all this great stuff as you had just mentioned. So there's no reason for them to race. Why not take your time, do it right, uh, get some experts around you to help generate more buzz, blah, blah, blah. Isn't this comparable to them waiting and waiting to get into the pellet cooker game and then produce that 
nightmare of smoke fire that came out where people were like, it just seems like Meathead has said time and time again, this product was rushed to market. It wasn't ready to come out of the box and be functional and reliable. And it's not what they build it to be through the months in advance of, of hyping it up. And I'm like, for as long as they took to get in, why race at this point? Make it a dead bang, stone cold, lead pipe lock, best pellet cooker slash grill that it can be. And now as you look at it in IPO, this almost feels like the smoke fire of IPOs. Yeah, no, and you're absolutely right. I mean, it's almost to the point of just making smoke fire a verb. Uh, you know, this is a company, you remember the Weber Q, their portable grill yes. was five years in development before it ever hit market. And we know that they were talking about pellet grills, but smoke fire came off as we put this together over the weekend and hoped it would work. And now they've launched an IPO that came in you know, that sold two fifths of the stock they intended to sell, generated a fraction of the revenue they wanted. And uh, they're, I mean, they literally just said, hey, Traeger, you're awesome. Everyone should invest in you. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's literally what they did. It's, it's, uh, this is not, I mean, Weber has always been a weird company. They've always been very secretive. They've always been very slow to move on things. And that it's like they tried to shift gears in the 11th hour to become something they never were. And, you know, I I mean, I do think that they wanted, you know, both these companies are are riding the COVID bump. They're they're riding this huge explosion in sales that has happened because of, the world and they they needed desperately to get out there before they had to start reporting earnings that stopped looking so good before the covid bust sets in but yeah weber could have waited another month they could have set it back a little bit they you know i think they just felt like the window was closing and they had to get out there do everything they possibly could you know i mean of course they're jumping up and down saying hey we did a great job but you know they they uh we had to put through a year of what a great incredible product smoke fire was and how it was virtually infallible from certain people um before you know gen 2 was released which solved some of the problems mm. you know. do you have a gen 2 but, that you're playing around with uh i've played with a gen 2 i didn't want to waste space for possessing one i have access to one and and it's i'm i don't know i think the fundamentally marginally better marginally well i mean it solves the most obvious problems but it doesn't solve the main problem and that is is that they wanted to take their gas grill technology and turn it into a pellet grill um they should have known these are two completely different beasts. Gas grills and pellet grills are just not the same. They're not comparable in any way, and you can't treat them the same. But, you know, we want flavorizer bars because we have a trademark on that name. And it's like, this is what happens when a company becomes so obsessed with its brand that they lose sight of what their product is. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, it's, I'm, uh, you know, I hate to admit it, you know, I'm, I'm, I've known Weber people for 20 some odd years. I've, you know, and I'm now finding myself, it's like, oh, you're looking for a mid-priced gas grill. Have you thought of Napoleon? Cause you probably don't necessarily want a Genesis. Um, it just doesn't have what they used to. It's not, a, it's not what it was. Weber is not the company it was. Derek Rich is joining me here on the show. DerekRiches.com is his website. So I'm going to hold the other topic off until next month, uh, which is if you're going to get into business through the internet, uh, how Google and or Amazon or both of them could screw you in a moment's notice and, and how you could guard against that. Or I, I think that's... Oh, they will. Yeah, and that, that I think that's going <laughs> to be a will. pretty interesting topic because I'm <laughs> learning more and more about it here over the last handful of days from some, some pretty high up folks. Uh, regaling me with their uh, stories and dealings with them and and what it's like to be on that side of it. But uh, let me ask you one quick question before we go. 
Uh, are you familiar with a product called Grill Eye? Uh, yeah, I watched their, they did kind of an intro webcast sort of thing on it. And I watched it and um, I'm not impressed. Can you relate it's, it to something? Is it like a fireboard or is it like it's something like that? It's like a fireboard light. They are using, they are, and we've talked about this before, they are using the dual channel wireless temperature probes, which apparently you can get a Chinese factory to just make for you, even though that patent is now firmly under the Traeger brand. Um, and uh, it's at no point in the process of this being introduced has the people have the people behind it seem to know what they're talking about or what they're doing. Mm. Um, I think that there's some ideas in there and they feel like they can jump in there and capitalize on it. But I mean, the competition is huge in this space, you know, and there's a really fascinating technology. I mean, you know, the fireboard people and I mean, they're obsessive. They're, you know, crazy techno nerds who try to figure out how to do all sorts of insane things. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, now nah, I'm, we're passing on that. I don't think now. that's, I'm passing on. I don't think it's going to get anywhere. Fair enough. Uh, I can tell you who's going to get somewhere. That's going to be Derek riches right here next month, of course, because he's our monthly correspondent here. The fourth Tuesday of the month in the first hour, uh, anything else you're working on that we're going to be covering next month, potentially any hot stories, um, breaking news. Nothing's breaking yet. I'm ex I've been kind of suspecting that some stuff was going to break, but it hasn't happened yet. So we'll just have to hold off. All right. Well, uh, be sure to tune in next month. Will you be find uh, Derek joining me at the end of September and we'll see what's happening then. And we will talk about Amazon and Google business and how that may or may not affect your back pockets very quickly. Derek, always appreciate the time, my friend. Sure thing. Talk to you in a month. All right. There he is. Derek Rich is right there. DerekRiches.com is his website, and if you're not checking there frequently, you're missing out on great stories, yes. And if you've never visited there before, get there quickly and see all the other stuff that he has written stories on, pieces on. It's great. Doug Shiving writing it. David Ramsey commented on Traeger versus Weber this weekend. I love Dave Ramsey. He's great. Debt Snowball. Baby Steps. There's other things that he talks about that I can't remember off the top of my head. But I apply the debt snowball thing. That that was a big help to me. Let's talk about Green Mountain Grills. Some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today. Two different lines to choose from. A choice line and a prime line. Choice line saves you some money. It doesn't have a lot of the bells and whistles, but it's a great cooker. It's a Daniel Boone size, and that's the name of it as well. Now, if you want to spend a couple extra hundred bucks, you want to get some lights inside of it, you want to get peeking windows, you want internal meat probes, you want Wi-Fi connectivity, you want to be able to control the temperature on an app, then you want to get the Prime. A couple different sizes to choose from there. You have a peak, which is the big one, and then the ledge, which is the middle. The Daniel or the Davy Crockett used to be Davy Crockett. is now the Trek. That's a portable one. All 12-volt technology, so if you have a 12-volt outlet somewhere in your house, in your car, motorcycle, inverter, whatever, you can hook it up to that, and you're powered, and away you go with wood-fired goodness and flavor. Green Mountain Grills are also sold through a dealer network, so go to the website, find a dealer near you, visit the dealer, get educated, look at all the different models that they have to choose from, pick the one that is right and best for you, and then take it home knowing that you're armed with all the great information to be successful right from the first cook. If you get the big one or the middle one, get the pizza oven insert so you can have great pizza. You can buy barbecue bob, trudnecks, pizza, sauce, and seasoning when it comes out here in a few weeks. You can have a pizza party. They have one every Friday, he said, at his home in Pennsylvania. So why not start that tradition at your home with uh, barbecue Bob's pizza seasoning and sauce, and then you can also use the pizza oven insert on the Green Mountain Grill and have pizza party every week. Why not? Fun and exciting. Go to GreenMountainGrill.com. They have rubs and sauces and pellets and other accessories to complete the Green Mountain Grill experience. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. GreenMountainGrills.com. We're back to wrap the first hour right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back.
continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Craig Rampey. All right, welcome back. This portion being brought to you by Fireboard, the aforementioned Fireboard. This segment is brought to you by them, Fireboard 2, Fireboard 2 Drive, Fireboard 2 Pro. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring or connect via Bluetooth. If you have Alexa or the Google Assistant in your home, you're in luck. Fireboard, fully integrated with both. Find out more by visiting fireboard.com or call 816-945-2232. As Derek said, people at Fireboard are meticulous. And I'm here to continue to preach this. If they haven't come up with a wireless probe yet, that's me sniffing. It doesn't pass the smell test on anything else. When they come out with wireless probe tech, if they come out with that, I'll be interested at that point. All right, we're pointing to the second hour. Refresh your libations. Stick around. We'll be right back.